Good afternoon. You're listening to Scarif Bay Community Radio, and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we go through all the newspapers in County Clare, the print media, usually the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion, and we try and see what's there and uh, what interesting things they're telling us this week. We're delighted to have our usual panel this week. First of all, John S. Kelly. John, you're very welcome. Good afternoon, Jim. Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're welcome. Thanks, Jim. And David. David Fleming, good to see you. Good David. to see you, Jim. So, we have a lot of things in the... We have the Care Champion and the Care Record here this week and uh, loads of different things. Uh, some very good news stories, very promising stories. We started one of the good news stories and it's in the very front page of the Clare Champion and it's a story by Dan Danaher and it says up to 3,500 new jobs possible in council and UL venture. Um, I suppose, Janice, if I can maybe get your thoughts on this for a moment. Uh, UL are looking at the idea of a a university town, village, uh, manufacturing centre, business centre, research centre, on the Clare side of the river. Absolutely. Uh, sounds like a good idea. It does, it does, doesn't it? Um, and of course, when you add in the possibility of a little micro section of the university in Ennis, which he scoffed at, okay, but it's quite clear that there's an interest in crossing the Shannon, isn't there? So what we're looking at, aren't we looking at a, a new town, a university town, the first in Europe in how many Decades in how many? In, when was the last university town built? Oxford, a thousand <laughs> years ago. Um, so, Jim, uh, it looks like a, a long-term type of project, but uh, visionary in my mind. Yeah. We were talking about it before before we went on air, and David was was a little bit sceptical. Do you know? I'm not quite sure why, <laughs> but um, yeah. David, I mean. The plan is in the broad outline, it's on the paper there. Yeah. Um, is there talk about it within the university itself? There is, there is a bit of talk about it. I mean, it divides opinions. Is it? Uh, it does divide opinions. Many, uh, many academics uh, live in Limerick City, um, and, and it's referenced here in the article by the, Lord, the, 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 the mayor of Limerick, um, as well that he, as long as it benefit, I think the mayor's point of view, as long as it would benefit the city. I think some people fear that this is another example in Ireland of donut development where uh, business is taken from the city centre and put on the outskirts mm. and how awful that that is for city centres. I mean, city centres become hollowed out. And I think the mayor's point of view, who actually is a member of the governing authority of the university as well, ex officio, um, is that really this, uh, this shouldn't hinder the city's development and the city's ambitions. Of course, um, uh, the university has made it clear that any development on the north side uh, in County Clare should be integrated with the city, for example, it's the buses come from the city centre and if there's no provision of buses out to the this part of county clare it's not going to work so the road network the bus network the water network all all of that must be integrated but the big the big question john is um uh 
when will this happen? And it's probably not going to happen for a very long time, would be my view. The, the first key piece of the jigsaw is the proposed uh, Northern distributor road. To our listeners now, can you explain the relationship between the proposal, uh, the outlines we have in the article, and uh, the Nord that Northern distributor road which is proposed yeah. to be built. Yeah. This, this road would effectively complete the ring around Limerick City on the Clare side from Kuna. Uh, there's a big yep. shopping centre, listeners may be familiar, at, at Kuna, the Tesco's there, Tesco, Kuna. Yeah. Bring it right around, around the north of the city and across the Shannon to meet the, the M7 motorway up to Dublin. So okay. it's, a, it's that, and that would go north, just north of the campus, which would then facilitate access to all of this. The, the, the proposals, just for the reader, uh, listener, is the university campus is not being touched. This is all bordering the university campus. At the moment, it's all farmland, uh, res some residences. Um, it's several hundred acres is going to be designated this strategic development zone and once you develop I de designate a, a strategic development zone it means government funding can be brought in but also um, certain planning uh, procedures are bypassed yes yes of course and so things go straight to yeah. and yeah. that sort of thing so now look at are you excited a bit by I mean after am I all, excited I, I'm actually one of the people having lived in Limerick City you um, would like to see the city respected and yeah. improved. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of parochialism, I have to say, in all of this as well. Um, uh, we, by the way, John, I have to correct you. The campus is already has expanded over the river. It's, this is not a new invasion, yes. Yes. but it is there. I, I, um, I'm a historian. Uh, there's very little for my discipline out of this. It's very much business orientated, science orientated, and of course, I remind the authorities that the arts and humanities are always the ugly sister in all of this. Now, if they were going to give me a building and a new uh, and brand new archive or something like that on the Clare side, I'd be much more excited we, we'll than I We'll work am. on it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you because, are there some uh, monuments of historical there is, there in, is. The, in the area that yeah. we're talking about? There's two protected structures, uh, two houses. Um, one, a very nice, I think, probably early 19th century house, which is a farmhouse. Um, and if you're walking into the campus, you see it uh, from that side. But perhaps more culturally significant is an 18th century house, which was formerly, and I think is a protective structure, is formerly um, a penal era bishop, Catholic bishop's house, um, where he lived and, and worked. It's a very it's, it's It's a humble sort of a house. So architecturally, not very important, but culturally kind of important. And I suppose uh, I would be interested if, the, if, I'm still, if I'm still alive when this strategic <laughs> development zone uh, gets going, um, to see those sorts of things protected. I'm a bit conscious too of the locals, and I've, I've mentioned this whenever I've had an opportunity, um, that this is people's farms and localities, and this will displace um, these people as well. They may not want to go. I notice now that the Minister, Minister O'Brien, is to consult with Limerick City and County Council, residents and other interested parties before making any decision in relation to the designation. So I'm sure the residents will have their say. Well, I'd say my name's like Mr. O'Brien. Uh, by the way, he has, he has handled the, the pilot um, situation. 
And he promised people that uh, he did it you know, softer than a few weeks. That, uh, that I think this thing could be waiting a long time. Could be. Like all things in Ireland, uh, there, there's a long the, wait. The, the, it's supposed to generate 1.795 billion annually to the Irish economy. And the designation of lens at the economic SDZ will enable the site to generate source upwards on 3,500 3, jobs, with additional employment being generated in the construction phase. So hopefully it should be done sometime. But you know, will we see it? Can I go back to you, Pat, for the next item? Because I'm looking here at, uh, it's in both papers, I'm looking at a full page ad in the Clare Echo on page 21. And it says, would you like a puka, or the, not a puka, the puka in your community? And uh, it gives you a deadline of the 24th of March 2022, gives you an email address for, for queries and, and all sorts of things. Um, if you, now, there's only one little hiccup as far as we're concerned <laughs> here, isn't that right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's only in the North Clare area. Uh, Fiona McGarry has it here on the front of the Health Champion. North Clare community is invited to state claim for puka. Community across North Clare have, have until March 24th to state their claim a chance to host the new famous statue of the mythical Puka. Last month, a majority of residents of Minnesota rejected the plans of sculpture following a long-running controversy over the nat nature and design, as well as the public consultation process. After the council conference, change of plan applications are now being accepted from other areas interested in giving the home to the two-meter-high advance artwork. So it is, um, it's the North Clare um, um, Municipal District, which is today to go, so people have to, have to, have to put in an application for it. I think it's, it's a little disappointing because, John, I mean, we have the application ready to go. Absolutely. <laughs> we had it, week, we had it months ago. In, indeed. The only <laughs> trouble we have, you see, is that there is a bit of a, a, bit of a conflict going on here amongst uh, uh, the town lands. Uh, which town would be best suited? <laughs> to portray the puka. By the way, do you know that there's a, a herbal tea called the puka? I meant to that's bring correct. it in. That is correct. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, more of an Indian. Has anybody <laughs> noticed the spelling of, of puka that the local authority has uh, and connects the dots, whatever they are? What have they done? Uh, the father over puka is, has been brought into the U, which I'm not sure is actually... Uh, does it, it doesn't look right, if you ask me. It would make you puke, mm. wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you, there, the, the, the ad, which is full page 21 on the Clare Echo, and, and a small little bit, they obviously can't yeah. afford um, the Clare Champion. It's a, it's a sort of a fifth of a page <laughs> on the Clare Champion. But one of the things communities have to do is demonstrable community buy-in, which, of course, was the problem in the first place, that they hadn't done this, i.e., or e.g., it should actually be IE, but anyway, prove that there is a majority buy-in. Now, I think this gets very dangerous then. You're, you're, you're sort of, you're, the majority must decide what is, what is proper so? art. Do you th well, now, can, can, I, can I give you an illustration from the later Middle Ages? I don't know if we talked about this before. I didn't think you were that old, John. But, anyway. <laughs> but with regard to public art, Michelangelo was, as you all know from your school days, engaged in the uh, painting of the roof of the Sistine Chapel. Do you remember that? Okay. All the cherubs and what have yes. you. And uh, he had finished the job. 
and the Pope, I forget was it, was it Julian, the Pope and at the time, uh, brought in uh, some of his colleagues to look at the work during the weekend. And he, the Pope was quite disgusted by the sight of cherubs naked all over the actual roof of the Sistine. So he goes downtown or sends down message to some of the studios to send up some young lads, okay? And he got them to paint a little white. You can see it in your mind's eye, can't you? Scroll to, or... Scroll, okay. Seek leaf from and when Michelangelo came in on Monday, he lost his cool. <laughs> now, when you're in the Sistine Chapel, at the gable end, one end, it is the Day of Judgment. All right? Mm. Massive painting. Magnificent bit of work. Mm. But there's a classical element in it. At the bottom of it, and by the way, this is at eye level now, and at the bottom of it, there is a reference to Hades and Sharon rowing the dead across from the this world sticks, yeah. to the, through the sticks to Hades. Now, the worst job you could have, surely, would have been to be the boatman that was you know, given this task. And he painted the face of the boatman. It was the Pope. It was the Pope. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's how he got his own back. Yeah. By the, the community didn't, didn't kind of uh, object like they did down in, in Ennis Diamond. No. You know, so it's there today. Well, there I suppose we discussed this before. Hollow Hurlingfield, outside Hollow Hurlingfield, great location, centre of Budjak, centre of Tungrani, even better, yeah. uh, where all roads are converging. Yeah, I was there yeah. at the bank all day, Jim. I was viewing there's a car, lovely little corner there at the bank in Skella from two to three foot feet, lovely. Greet all of Cumbers on its side, actually. <laughs> and then there was the Eddie Lennon suggestion where there is a townland with Kuka associations. Yeah. And indeed, um, and, and Fecal, the Loch Groenje, with the Merriman. Uh, Beast S uh, would have illusions there. I mean, there's a. I, I don't know. How, obviously, the council have reasons for restricting it to the uh, Ennis Diamond local electoral area or, or the North Clare electoral area. But I think it's a bit short sighted. But maybe, maybe right. the case then, if, if they're getting a piece of sculpture, maybe this side of the county should get a piece of sculpture. Maybe, well, um, maybe, the, the, maybe it may not be a community that. Supports it, maybe not. not there. So, in which case, Count Clare County Council, we are waiting in the wings. In the wings. Here in East Clare. <laughs> in fact, we're out on the stage. That we're ahead. <laughs> I think Corofin, um, actually, I don't think they're in the in, not in in that area. But they, 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 they said they, they had a they had a vote and they 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 all they all they agreed all wanted. to want to do it. They wanted, they wanted it, it, did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, quite a thing. Yeah. But they, I don't Everybody think. Everybody, I'd say this time, we'll want it back now. <laughs> <Not before. laughs> next, next item on the agenda, uh, and it's in both papers today. It's in the front page of the Clare Echo. It says J.P. McMahon is key to Shannon Ryder Cup success, and it's also featured in the Clare Champion. John, you're the the golfer among us here, as far as I know. Um, but sure, I mean, it's a great, it's an opportunity for Shannon. I mean, and and uh, it is an, op an opportunity for the Midwest, indeed. Okay, I, ca I can't understand why there's any negative feeling uh, with regard to uh, JPs supporting it and what have you. So I mean, we're how far driving? How long driving time to Shannon Airport is it to Adair? where their Ryder Cup is going to be played 
in 2007. 30 minutes. It'll probably be 30 minutes if we were away. Yeah, 30 to maximum. Would you support the idea of, of expediting the motorway around uh, the uh, around Adair. Adair. around the dare. Well, certainly, when the Ryder Cup lands in a dare, a dare is going to be Warren. very busy, and it's very bad at the moment. So, I mean, every AA report you hear on the um, on, on the news, uh, traffic going into a dare is is often mentioned. Well, I I think that that that's that's um that's work out out around the dare, and all that work around the dare was is being prioritized prioritized for for the Ryder Cup. John, the point I think the thing the papers are trying to subtly, if if not directly, point out is that um, the council and Shannon Airport in particular messed up the last day around because Dublin, Dub when the Ryder Cup was announced for a dare, yeah, which was um, uh, when was it exactly announced? Dub Dublin Airport was very quick off the marks mm. and said gateway to the Ryder Cup while Shannon Airport authorities were sleeping under, uh, at the wheel. Well, they were in Not a bit the of point. A, they, they, at the time, Shannon Airport, the whole governance structure was at a loose end, wasn't it? It was. Okay. And it was in the, in the middle of COVID. But so, which, yeah. so what are you actually expecting out of the Ryder Cup in, in Adair? What do you want? But you want people coming to Shannon. That's what you want. You, the, 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 the Shannon is 20 minutes from the airport. And you want all the people that supported it and all the, all the, all the supporters that, that will come in yes. to, to come into Shannon and to use yeah. the, all the Midwest area. And I suppose it's an opportunity for the airport to go out and to drum up business. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And, and not just the Ryder Cup, but I mean, when the Ryder Cup happens, yeah. it'll be a huge event worldwide. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll push the West of Ireland and the Midwest yeah. and Adair on the map. Yeah, but you, want, to come you to will the want the airlines. It's no good, Shannon Airport, you, but that is the point. The air, the, Shannon, I think it's probably too, might be a bit even too late now at this stage. But it is 2027, so it's five years. But to get the airlines to have to develop the routes so that they're there by 2027. Where, where will most of the Ryder Cup supporters, observers, whatever they're called, fanatics, come from? I would come from the States. States. So it's the American crowds. They're and the at one the moment, that's the target. You have Aer Lingus flying from... I don't know, they have resumed, happily, they have resumed yeah, the yeah, flights yeah, yeah, And, um, I, as I understand it, though it hasn't been reported in the papers, uh, the three flights to, to Heathrow have been restored and are functioning, mm. as, uh, as I understand But in the past, it. by default, Aer Lingus have brought American passengers to Dublin. Yeah. Dublin is the first, has been the first port of call. Mm. Whereas, you know... It would be crazy. Well, you see, JP... Missed the chance. JP has, uh, has great... Has, uh, say that, I know they're talking about JP there, maybe. But JP has fierce clout, because he brings in... He's his own... Um, there, he runs it every three or four years, John, or two or three years down in the day. Um, the, 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 the charity... The Pro-Am. Pro-Am. So he yeah. brought... Uh, wasn't Pancho Carl over on a couple of occasions. Um, Tiger. Uh, uh, Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's, he has huge... Um, well, you can imagine all these people flying into wherever they fly in, get yeah. the helicopter down. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, it means no. it's, it's, the, it's those, that air taxi that was proposed months mm. ago as well. Has that yeah. been, will that be still there? Will it be developed yeah. even? Yeah. But again, it's not the very rich people that, you know, will make or break Shannon. No. It is the ordinary golfer coming in. You know? Oh, well, there'll be no problem in, 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 in selling. But 
getting tickets for the Ryder Cup will be a challenge. Yes, but it's, it's afterwards as well, John. Yes. Where, where, that it will be so marketable yeah. afterwards. Um, yes, we, we that's very true. They no, say no. here, in, they, they imagine, um, well, Councillor Lynch, who, who, is, uh, who is obviously excited about this, said that the Ryder Cup would be worth 150 to 200 million into the region with potentially 300,000 people attending. And if, if even, if even 100,000 come through Shannon Airport, that would be a bit of a boost. Well, here says, CEO of Patrick says, Clare County Council is already exploring opportunities for Clare presented in 2027. Council wants to up and then just the inability of Shannon Airport to read the rules of the Irish Open the Hinge cannot be repeated. Clare Carol Malay, Fianna Fáil stressed. As a, as a region meeting, uh, Pally Mahan has the story there in the, in the echo. Now, I can, I, can, I, can, I can vouch for that myself because there was a neighbour of mine, he was driving the bus and he was driving the, the golfers around the hinge. That was his job for the, bringing them to the course, bringing them back to, the yes. dinner, bringing them back to their hotel, bringing them back to where they were staying, delivering them back to the, the airport. But uh, I was up there one day and it was a fabulous, it was a fabulous occasion now, the, the, and it was very well done. Nobody could complain about anything that was, in was the done there in the hinge. It was yeah. fabulous. And he, he was telling me that he was up there and uh, the, the golf finished on the Sunday evening. And um, he met the fellow who was organising all this. And he said, he said to John, John, John Broderick, because he the fellow that was driving the bus, he said to John, you have to bring him to the airport now. We'll be ready to go to the airport. And John said, so there's no guys rush, we sure we won't be, Shannon, we'll be down to Shannon in an hour or something. Oh no, he says, we have to go to Dublin Airport. So they were all, they were all loading into the, the bus and they were all heading off to Dublin Airport. The, and the, they were going out to Scotland out for the Scottish Open. Scottish Open, yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, so, uh, we must go on folks because we're going to be out of time. Wind farms, uh, another application in I see by on, on the papers this week. Uh, in Broadford, which is the second application in in a small area, because at the other close to Broadford, the the other application is is pending or is in still under consideration. Um, one question about wind farms. Yeah, I'm just uh, there is a community dividend uh, yeah. highlighted in with wind farms where. Uh, the community gets X, X percentage of cash, I suppose, to various uh, individuals and groups in the community. And it, I often think, I, I, you know, I don't like, it's kind of crumbs from the table. I, I Is it blood money? Is it comp compensation, sort of? Is it buying you off? Buying you off, yeah. yeah. I well, would I know, that's, that's, uh, that, gee, that's a bit, a bit strong, uh, if I may. If I were a resident of uh, Broadford <laughs> yes. and involved in the community council, I would be saying, lads and ladies, uh, this is an opportunity for us to get our wastewater problem solved. What do you mean by that? I mean oh, yeah. that, the, mm. that the projects, the wind projects in that southeast area, okay, uh, that the money make an arrangement, the money would go to the actual provision 
of the facility that's yeah. being denied to Broadford at this point in time. Yeah. Now that makes it more attractive, doesn't it? Oh, maybe, it does. No, maybe, I, I'm just... Maybe you can ask me to get the fun in here. I wasn't just talking yeah. about Broadford, no, because uh, oh, I know. No, the I other do, ones, yeah. uh, there would be a dividend between the two of them for communities all Then it wouldn't be a buyout. Then you're more likely to have the locals yeah. really object because they're getting nothing you know. They're getting nothing. In a way, this money is sort of... Yeah, you have a point. ...is sort of calming down the people who are immediately affected who will get most of the money. Yeah. The person on whose land will probably get most of all the money, but yeah. then the neighbours will get a significant share. And then whatever is left, maybe some community groups, some community groups might uh, benefit. Um, now, I, I, maybe it's pl pl if the 50 megawatt wind turbines I hear is coming to Fossabeg as well, maybe would you change your mind, John? <laughs> now, I mean, that's uh, cut uh, below what I would call the proverbial belt, you know. Um, Do you not like wind, looking at wind farms, John? Uh, wind turbine, if they're, I if say. They're, it depends on their location, seriously. So on the serious, I know you're, 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 you're uh, I'm playing joking. devil's advocate, John. Yeah. Um, Location, location, location. Yes. Now, on the other hand, and John and I have, and maybe David as well, have spoken to uh, people in the Clooney area who are embarked on a, on a, a route which has already been travelled by, I think it's Temple Derry in Tipperary, where right. Right. Uh, a community generation of, of electricity, where the local community get the entire benefit of the project mm -hmm. as opposed to 95% of the benefit or 99% yeah. of it going yeah. abroad. Well, you um, yes, Pat? You have four, you have four wind farms now um, for development in East Clare. You have the one down between between Bredeik and Bradford there on the hills. You have um, this one here now, there's only one there in Bradford in the east of Bradford. That must be over. Will it be over the Kildane? Way it is, yes. I was, I was talking to someone today who yeah told me where Everything it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's another yeah. one in, in Fetty Moor, there's a, there's a, a new right. wind farm with, with, um, could power more than 35,000 homes. That one is down in, 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 in down near Bridgetown, yeah. Fetty Moor. And then there's another application in for one over in, in Mealyk, as you go down the hill up overhead Mealyk yeah. there, with, uh, the back yeah. of the 12 o'clock hills kind of, you know, yeah. the, the, the back of that. So you, you, have, four, you have four wind yeah. farms there now in, in, in maybe a small, small enough area actually. Yeah. But the other side of it is that, uh, as it says here, Ireland has, an ambi has ambitious targets to deliver 80% of its electricity from renewable sources by the end of this decade. So we will need a lot of turbines and wind farms, whether they're on the sea or inland, um, to produce this, to, to achieve that um, ambitious target. So it's the tip, tip of the iceberg, I suspect. I prefer, I prefer the windmills in the sea. Yeah. So you don't like the, looking at them? No. <laughs> the, the, uh, effect, the work, this, the, the efficiency of a windmill in the sea is a 12 month yeah. around yeah. the clock. It is, yeah, yeah. So, but it's know, probably cheaper, that. it's probably, it may be cheap, I don't know, probably cheaper to still build on land. Anyway, I've answered your question. You have. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to another uh, similar type of operation, I suppose, uh, which not generating electricity but a foreign company working in the Midwest and on page 9 Dan Danaher has of the care champion Dan Danaher has a piece TD makes claim of ticking time bomb 
estuary facility. And the TD in question is a Dublin TD, Paul Murphy, Murphy yeah. people before profit. And um, there's, you know, it's, the, the, the headline is a bit scary, mm -hmm. I'd have to say. Uh, a lot of detail in the article as well. And I suppose after reading it, you don't quite know, should we be worried or not? Mm. Yeah. Um, David, what do you think? It's 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 a difficult one. I've it's a bit, it's a substantial piece um, a substantial piece of writing, and there's a picture of of Archinish uh, Alumina, the plant there, and anybody will be familiar with it when they're passing uh, when they're driving from the road from Limerick to Tarbert. Let's say you'll notice the big red. Um, Dump or pond, a pond, and if you go on to, for any listeners who might have Google Maps, um, just have a look at uh, Ireland and that area, and you'll see a, you'll see red. So it is seen from space, um, or certainly from satellite, um, and it's 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 two large bauxite residue disposal areas is what they're calling them, totaling an estimated, and it's a massive area, 450 acres. Um, according to Paul Murphy, are akin to a ticking time bomb on the site of the largest European alumina facility located near the Shannon Estuary. Um, and I was always a bit suspicious about it, I have to say. I, I, I don't like nuclear energy because of the waste that it has to be dealt with. I don't like waste of any kind. And the idea of having this large dump there, no matter what it is, whether it's safe or not, it just, it just a bit unsettles me. Um, for Paul Murphy, he's, he's arguing that it's, it's, it's a potential hazard coming down the line. He says it comprises 50 million tons of toxic waste. Uranium, lead, mercury and hazardous salt cake are contained within it. The rest of the article then goes on and it, goes, it talks about a 2006 report from the Environmental Protection Agency, which is the state body which uh, is supposed to be looking after the environment. Um, and it quotes a Dr. Jonathan Durham, which, which states that the um, waste is within European Union guidelines, it is not hazardous, um, that, it's, that it's maintained to a very high standard, um, and that there's actually nothing to see here, in other terms. So you have two sides of the story there. Um, now, one is a 2022 comment, the other yeah. is a 2006. But uh, if, the, if, if the company says what, en what ends up as waste, do you know? Uh, is non-hazardous and we have a state agency that is protecting our interests as citizens that's the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency now lads, there's a contradiction here there's on the one hand there's a TD making a point okay? he speaks, it, 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 he doesn't put, put it as if it might happen he says it seeps into the estuary it kills wildlife and it threatens public health. Lads, that's a very, very serious piece of the statement. It is, and maybe, and listeners, maybe listeners will remember that there is a farmer down there who lost, um, who lost a number of his cattle to yeah. what he argued and lost in his high court case, it has to be said, um, he blamed the company. The company were not to blame according to that high court judgment or Supreme Court judgment. Um, so I suppose it's unexplained. Um, David, we, we don't seem to be um, 
uh, very good here in Ireland at monitoring, at monitoring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The building problem. We we have lots of examples. The pyrite. We have, the, we mm. have loads of examples of, of this type of thing going badly yeah. uh, down in Ringeskiddy in yeah. Cork. There's multiple examples of sites that have to be cleaned up decades after it has actually happened. My big my big worry would be, given the storms that are happening, is that there'll be uh, this the the barrier which is right on the estuary would collapse. All this red bauxite would seep into the estuary and would do amazing amount of environmental damage. Yeah. That would be my biggest worry, and I think that's what Murphy is talking about. On the other hand, you have the inspectors saying, it's okay, nothing to, it won't happen, high monitoring rates, so it's, but of course... But you've just put your finger on a huge problem, what? What mm. if the dike bursts? Mm. Gee. And David bought his house in Tungrani. He did? Have he looked? <laughs> not in the other side. Of exactly. I, and, and we were looking all around, and it's not far from, from Limerick City, um, and there were houses for sale there, some nice houses. But I didn't want to live in a place beside this big waste dump. Okay, listen, we've reached the halfway point. It's half time. Um, the entertainment at half time <laughs> is provided by Pat O'Brien. He's got his dancing shoes on, I see. What so. delights have you for us today? Then we'll, we'll, we'll stay in the romantic scene as, as, as it was, uh, it was uh, the week forward, so we'll Moon River from Andy Williams. Lovely. Oh, 1962. Thank you, Pat. And courtesy of Pat O'Brien, that was Moon River by Andy Williams. You're very welcome back. Pat, a question for you. Did you ever make a citizen's arrest? Or, or did you ever feel like making a citizen's arrest? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't Jim. Uh, um, uh, no, I wouldn't ever involved too much in that, no. But, uh, <laughs> it looked like there was a, few, a group of people that were, uh, I come to the page eight here in the Clare Champion, and Owen Ryan is covering a protester state mock arrest of Ryan. Uh, while his green clinches are as strong as those of almost anyone, who has ever been a minister of an Irish cabinet minister, Ryan still made protests from environmental groups when he visited Clare last week. Extinction, rebellion, Clare and future-proof Clare joint forces and stage a mock citizens arrest at an event he attended in the All Ground Hotel in Tulsa. Were you at that time? I wasn't there, no. Well, did did you hear about it? I did have it on the radio. But How it was it done? How exactly? Well, according to Ronan Judge in, in the Clare Echo on page oh, six, oh, oh. Uh, it was a Scarif woman, uh, no less, who went up uh, and said, Minister Eamon Ryan, you are being placed under citizen's arrest, what charged with crimes of ecocide, and on and on. Yeah. How is it done? I, I presume you can just arrest someone. You could get a buck in the mouth for <laughs> Of course you <laughs> Exactly. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think it has much basis in law. It's probably based around the certain ideas around common law. Yeah. And, of course, certain groups in Britain at the moment claim that they can do all sorts of things under the common law. So there, there's a bit of this going well, around. It's, it's in the movies anyway. Oh, it's in the movies. Yeah, we, 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 we. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a form of protest. I think it was, you know, it was a stunt. 
Uh, it did exactly yeah. what it was going to do, i.e. it got attention in the papers. It did. So from, a, from that point of view it worked. Um, it, of course the Green Party are used to this sort of thing because the Green Party are usually doing, trying to do these sorts of things, but now they're in government they have to be respectable. Yeah. Um, but it, there's a nice picture there in the Clare Echo which shows the protesters who seem to be fairly polite standing with their placards. Mm. Um, the, the, the Senator Garvey um, told them, would you sit down and let the rest of us, you can ask your questions, but would you sit down and let us I have won't. an opportunity? Yeah, but it's a very undemocratic way. Like, I mean, mm. it's a public meeting. Let you have an entitlement to ask your question. Of course, it's also your entitlement to protest. If that happened in America now, as Mr. Trump often experienced, yeah. the heavies would be brought in yeah. and they'd be shifted out very quickly. <laughs> Well, anyway, yes. We had Minister Ryan, uh, he'll get a full page here. Minister, Minister Green, New World will be, will, be a good, will be a good fit for Clare, he says. And uh, concern expressed that? over limits. Not if he's arrested every, oh, every time he comes into Clare. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 I think, the, well, I, I was reading this this evening, and uh, he appeared to be hit, being hit on all sides from the family, lovely, the, um, our friend Pat Brock down in Mount Shannon as well, our white was, yeah. was chiseling him a bit over the family. Family lobby not pleased with Ryan. Uh, low emissions the family lobby is hardly pleased with anybody. Well, thankfully, for his own sake, Minister Ryan escaped. Uh, after being uh, summarily arrested in Ennis and uh, got safely back to Dublin. Anyway, today uh, we want to go back on something that we really wanted to do last week, but we just ran out of time. And this is the living section of last week's Clare Champion. That's on Friday, February the 11th, the date. And it's on Holy Wells. And the headline is Deep Well of Culture Preserved. And we're talking about the Holy Wells of County Clare. John, you're looking at it there. Uh, it's an interesting article and a very interesting idea. It is indeed. Uh, the, there are 242, Jim, uh, wells recorded on Clare's list of national monuments. And five have not been found. And we're, we're privileged here on this table to be in the company of a young man <laughs> who owns one of those wells. That's David, David Fleming. David, what do we know about wells, the Holy Well? Is there, about, a, uh, is there any, apart from the old, the old tradition, which is probably the dominant um, you know, uh, source of information for us, but anything written in the, that you are okay with? Yeah, there, there, there has been a, there's always been a bit of an interest in, in these sites um, and, uh, and I think 1960s studies of the Holy Wells of Ireland and the folklore around them and the medicinal um, benefits of some of them. Some of them, you see, have particular mineral qualities, which is why they were identified in the first place. Um, some of them, of course, go well back beyond Christianity, and so you see kind of the Christianization of a pagan landscape or a, a non-Christian landscape, um, and, and some of them may have been important for other reasons. Mm. But uh, I think it's useful to have this, this, this website. Um, it was done by Michael Houlihan and Toby, yeah. uh, Tony Kirby of the Clare Holy Wells Project. And uh, you can look, if listeners are interested, the 242 wells. Um, happily, my well isn't on the missing list, 
Um, do we know anything about you well? We do, we do indeed. Um, Would you tell the listeners about the... the, the very quickly, uh, very quickly. It, it's, it's a spring rather than a well. And um, the, 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 it's, look, it's Coolens, St. Coolens Well. And people might be familiar if they're travelling from Tumgraney to Bedyke. It's, on the, it's just about a mile out the road on the left-hand side as you're going to Bedyke. And uh, it's covered with, a, like so many wells in County Clare in particular, covered by a stone structure and there's a plaque on it and we know that it was erected by the local landlords, the Bradys of Raheen, yeah. um, in 1802. The, the, the actual support structure? The, the structure over it. We have the detail on that. Well, yeah, it's on the wall. You can read it. It's literally carved in stone in 1802. Yeah. We know a century before a reference to it in the 1680s when, when a traveller to County Clare visits and remarks on the well, which obviously probably wasn't enclosed at that point, but the, the, a very large oak tree. And, of course, the trees and the, uh, the, 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 the flora around the place can be as actually as important as the, as the well itself uh, in, 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 in religious terms, for certainly pre-Christian terms, it would have been important. I wonder, I wonder are we talking Druidic? Uh, I we are, we're going, we're going well, well back. <clears throat> yeah. And of course, in the case of this well at Coolin, as I understand from my neighbours, it was used uh, for secular purposes, i.e. for drawing water as well. Have you ever made tea out of it? I have indeed. Have and, you uh, Anybody who comes to dinner from my house gets that water uh, rather than my other well water as, 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 part of the, yeah. as part of the experience. Seemingly good for the eyes, John. Good for the eyes. Yeah. The next time you're over, you, you're very welcome to have a, a glass you of Coolin's water. Is there any question of an explanatory slab uh, being available for the public. I think this is why partly this website has been created, which is, just to give it out, clareheritage.org backslash category backslash places backslash holy wells. Mm -hmm. And you get all the historic information there, uh, uh, including the, the information that I've said. On each well? On each well. Yeah. And you'll get the photograph and the picture of it at various points in time. So it's, a, it's actually a, a very useful thing. And, and the, Michael Houlihan produced a book a few years back on the Holy Wells of Clare. Same project. But, um, so there's this book and but now this website that you can look up. I'm just, just wondering, Jim, you know, if, if um, there, is, there is any possibility that uh, one can get, develop an application for your phone so that you can hear an explanation you know if you visit a well like like yours yeah, yeah, yeah. or you, any other uh, historical yeah. um, you know um artifact that there's some information yes yeah, yeah. and that you actually the, the, in tomb Graney there was a little when i first arrived and yeah. was curious about this new piece of property that i had acquired mm. um in the village there was a, 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 a a notice board, uh, not a notice board, but a sign with all the interesting features around it. And but in its latest, in its latest um, revision, the well slipped off, and um, other things gained n more importance. But that's okay too. I live with that. The well will survive. The well will survive. Pat, is there anything in your part of the world? In terms of holy wells, well, there's, there's wells on all right, but I don't know of any holy wells. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing holy down there. <laughs> there might be plenty of holes in the ground. Yeah. Right. A few blessed wells, I think. Oh, yeah. we, 
we, we <laughs> go on to some local um, items uh, from from the local papers, and that is, uh, I'm looking at some local uh, planning applications at the moment, and there's two mentioned there. One is um, the air application in Scarlet for a mast to replace their wooden pole and uh, antenna on it. And the other is uh, an apartment complex in uh, Tumbrani. And both of those get some mention, I think, in the Clare Champion. I think the air one has been pushed back a bit in that the Clare County Council are looking for further information. And I think air have six months to produce that. So that's not going to happen very soon. Yeah. Yeah. And the page 13 of the, which is the East and South East Clare piece, Fiona McGarry, um, is referring here to a landmark crafts company in Toombrainy has given an assurance to planners that a proposed new small-scale apartment development will be in keeping with the village streetscape. McKiernan Woolen Mills Limited lodged plans last June for conversion of an existing cottage into three self-contained apartments. In August, planners requested further information. That's pretty normal these days, the request of further yeah. information from the company in relation to the potential impact on the character of the East Clare village. And it just goes on, it just says the village is an architectural conservation area. And the developers, in this case, McKiernan Woolen Mills Limited, um, have reassured them on various grounds. Um, so it's all part of the uh, of the process, I think. So we'll see how it goes. Um, it's one. It's it's speaking of reasons for coming to the place. Lots of people do visit McKiernan, McKiernan's Woolen Mills, and part of the, their proposals is to provide a coffee shop or something or a cafe um, to facilitate these visitors. And it's ama it's amazing the number of people you might meet travel vast distances and only no tomb graining because of because the Because of appearance. I must say I visited recently to get a Christmas present for my son-in-law. You did? And absolutely beautiful scarf. A scarf. A scarf yeah. and, a, and a hat, a beanie mm. type of hat. So, and, and, you know, was treated very well in there, looked after us and um, can only have nothing but, but praise mm. from appearance. Mm. Pat, can I turn to you about Tulla there? Uh, there's, we, we talked about this before, that there's funding for footpaths in Tulla, but apparently not all of Tulla is being, uh, not all of their footpaths are being uh, repaired. Yeah, Fiona, Fiona McGarry has, uh, has the story here on the, the south-east and south-east fair page. Uh, risky footpaths around Tulla have to be updated, however, a funding allocation for the Department of Transport will not cover permanent repairs to one of the, the area's oldest housing estates. Uh, the matter uh, is one of ongoing concern in East Clare Town and it is back on the agenda at the most recent uh, meeting of the Kiladoo Municipal District. Prohibit Drogoni appeals to the authorities for place to make a in O'Reilly Park in conjunction with the operator that works in the centre of the town. Mm. Um, I think the Kiladoo Medicines are made by the executive engineer funding. The funding was only available for the they could cover the main the main um, towns uh, main town main, the main streets of the town. Yeah. So anyway, not everyone is happy. Let's say. Yeah, this was the company different time there and 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 the allocation time to the county council is for project to turn into put that now that is there. And I suppose they they probably go back in and get money for that again. Okay. Now I'm not sure about their technical club there. I think they have a separate thing to get the town's highway fund and the water county council grant to provide a new put that. 
on the town to the, to the toilet, the heat of the facility. Yes, the which the is under, under road as you go for towards Fetalum's Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the, just looking at Janice handed me here uh, an ad from the paper, yeah. which said the, the headline is The Difference is You, and it's from the Garda Síochána. It's an ad by the Garda Síochána, and it's, it's really suggesting that people uh, consider uh, a career. Oh, yeah, a and as a closing date for applications. Is it because, John, they've got a new uniform? Is that the real reason? Do you know, I, have you seen the, the uniform yet, lads? No, well, unfortunately, for, for guard, East Care Guard Focus, yes. it's still on the phone that they do. So we haven't had yeah. a guard that come in to us physically, not recently, mm. because of COVID. But we look forward to, to seeing the, yeah. the new uniform. But anyway, what date is, is the uh, closing date for any young man or young, uh, young yeah. lady? The 16th of March. Join. 3 p.m. on the 16th of March next. Where, where do they apply? They apply... Um, publicjobs.ie it's a, it's a web, they, they apply online they apply online is they it? do totally. yeah I don't see an address you don't go into the local station for a, a chat but I'd say you could but you could find someone there <laughs> anyway let's go on uh, okay we, we talked there about about money and uh, you know money for for Pats and Tuller but yeah. East Clare uh, the headline in uh, bottom of page 13, the, the East Clare page, is East Clare scores in sports grants. And I suppose there's too many to mention, uh, but <laughs> they, they talk about Deputy Michael McNamara and they, they quote Michael as men listing all the different places in East Clare, yeah. uh, both schools and sports clubs, who have really, it's, 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 uh, it's absolutely tremendous. It seems there was nearly something for everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good, 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 sizable checks are coming. Yeah. You know? I noticed the East Care Glove Club will receive, who were recently uh, in the red, will receive 110,000. <laughs> kind of a reward yeah. five to, for, for getting huh? out of the black. Are you going to this one on 10,000? A bit of drainage. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, there's on a bog. <laughs> one of the most spectacular, I suppose, there's two are going to the hurling club have uh, 150,000 and yes, they're doing a fantastic development. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Scarif Community College are putting uh, uh, an artificial turf, an astroturf, yeah. and a track around yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, 133,000. They have, they have yeah. received. So yeah. there'll be a lot of work in East Clare over the next couple of years. So I see all the work. I'm sitting there now, but all the work of education National School and the council are doing a hundred and twenty thousand or something as well for a, a walk and lights around the, around the national school and a pitch. Yeah. They're doing the pitch behind the school. And so and yeah. Pat, in fair play to Michael, Deputy Michael McNamara, uh, who kind of stuck on this line to make sure that the applications were. Well, what has he got to do? If you, TD? If you look at if you look at your phone, John. Uh, they all, they were all lining up to take the table. Every politician in the country was lining, lining up. up to okay, we're, we're, we're running short of time. A lot of photographs in the paper this week of Broadford, uh, the new uh, playground, the new children's playground in Broadford. Yeah, 105,000 spent there, uh, Jim. Yeah, it's just, it's just nice. It's, uh, 
for, for the children in the school and for the, for the community. It is, and during the week I, I called in and uh, we have an interview this week with Angus O'Brien, yeah. uh, the school principal, who was uh, in one of those instrumental yeah. in yeah. putting But Jim, it's no ordinary playground, it's a, it's a sensory yeah. playground, so yes. it's a special type. Right. It's, it's particularly for people, you know, with autism, um, ASD, um, attention deficit disorder, is that right? And yeah. Davy, Davy, Davy was all open there. Davy was all open there. Uh, Davy and Mercy. Davy Fitzgerald. Davy Fitzgerald and Mercy, I think they were all open there. Not Davy, yeah. 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 Uh, who are set to play Uller to Bala. And as you listen to this broadcast, uh, it's our next programme on because it's at half one on Sunday, uh, live from Clonmel. We have Leo and Pat um, giving a blow by blow account of it. But a lovely photograph there of the girls, af presumably after Mallow. in Mallow, after yeah. they won the Monster final. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the Owen Brennan has the story, the final countdown. And so. Uh, you can read all about it if you if you've bought your copy of either paper you can be part of the build-up uh, to this game mm -hmm. um, yeah, who'd be favorites jim mm -hmm. i suppose of, of the, the four of the, Ireland champions yeah there they are of the four teams in the semi-final scarafogunlo would be would rank number four number four but you know as you know john yeah. that means nothing yeah you right. know you go out in a game and you play the game and uh, it's it's just they know more about the other team. Schlack Neil are in the semi-final yeah. and Sarsfield yeah. and Galway are in the, the other semi-final. And I suppose th those are more, maybe more established uh, clubs. Oh, in but they better be feeling Sarsfield and they are in the last year. It's a new year and, you know. Yeah. And Jim, there's another uh, Camogie game as well, isn't there? Which happens to be around about the same time of day. It is, and it's a bit daft because Clare are playing Cork in the in Cusick Park in the first round of the the league, the Camogie League Senior. Both games on at the same time, totally utterly daft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, Jim, we must. We must. We must. The ladies, they're the the, where we must go. Hope you enjoy the game, as I said, which follows this programme. Uh, my thanks to all our panel today, John S. Kelly. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Pat O'Brien. Thanks, Jim. And David Fleming. Thanks, Jim. Uh, so we're, we'll, we'll wind up for this week. Pat, before we go, uh, we'll play out on a bit of music, and uh, you have something ready for oh, us. Nat King Cole, uh, Unforgettable. Yeah. Great. Well, let's hope today's game is absolutely unforgettable and that we have a positive result. Many thanks. We'll see you all next Sunday, hopefully at the usual time. Until then, goodbye and God bless. Unforgettable.